Ladies and gentlemen, episode 113 of A Hoop's Journey. Um, and we've said this many times on the show, the word journey is vital to this. And this gentleman's journey is insane. I was just laughing with him offline here, saying that if you look at his resume, you would think he'd be retired or you know 65 years old, the places he's been and the things that he's done. Um, quite phenomenal. I'm really looking forward to, to getting into that. Um, you know, coming from Toronto, represented the national team at the World Games as a player, played overseas. Um, so he knows about the pride of, of representing the flag, but then also kind of that coaching grind and focus this gentleman has been with, you know, I mean, he's coming right off the Global Jam, and then right back to TCU where he is now and a program that's come off two, you know, uh, NCAA tournament runs in a row and, and gave Gonzaga a really great run last year. Um, uh, I did my master's at Gonzaga, so I'll say that's maybe who I was cheering for, but it was a great game. Um, but we're talking Virginia Tech, Marquette, Texas A&M, a guy who's just put his head down and done, you know, whatever it takes to keep moving up the ladder and do his thing. We are super thrilled uh, to have Mr. Jamie McNeely with us today. How are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. And thank you for having me. I think uh, people's stories in Canada need to be told more, especially in our basketball community. So I appreciate all you're doing. A hundred, man. Um, it's yeah. been a super fun, selfish adventure for me too. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> starting this thing during COVID and not knowing how it would go. And then, you know, you just connect people and then you just realize how many great stories are out there. And and yours is one of those. And we're super thrilled that you, you know, I mean, we, <laughs> we're just joking here, kind of just trying to carve out time for each other. Um, you with your coaching and balancing family and all that. And then me sort of just figuring out, I mean, I'm on summer holidays, but still busy too. And so we do appreciate you taking the time. How is everything? I mean, you've come in, like we just said, off the Global Jam, which was probably a super fun experience, very mm-hmm. unique. Um, and then you get onto a plane and get right back at it, you know, talking to recruits, coaches, meetings, and season is right around the corner for you guys. So just talk a little bit about the last couple of weeks for you and and how you're managing to uh, look so young, man. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this summer, honestly, I'm kind of glad it's it's wrapping up. Uh, and I think every other D1 coach would say the same. Uh, you could only watch so much AU basketball before you go crazy, you know. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's. Um, I came back, uh, like you said, last week, and then um, headed to Memphis. There was an event there, and actually, Canada basketball was uh, well represented there. About sixty kids. Uh, and so I got to see a bunch of them reconnect with people. I saw a few weeks prior at the U23s, the global, the global jam, but it's gotta yeah, be a good it's, feeling, huh? It, it, it's unbelievable to have yeah. an event, um, to have an event on your home soil where you get to wear your country across your chest. Like I, mm. I played and coached all over the world, but not in front of my family. And it's like, this is well, what a unique opportunity. I, I had to beg some of the kids from out of town for their tickets and, you know, just kind of <laughs> fill up the seats with as much uh, friends and family because I'm just away so much. But um, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a jam-packed summer for me. Uh, a lot of recruiting, a lot of traveling. Our team is actually TCU. We're flying to um, Paris and then uh, doing London as well for our foreign tour next week. Wow. So uh, we're in kind of full practice mode. You're allowed 10 practices before a foreign tour. Mm-hmm. And so it, it feels like mid-season almost right now. And so... Mm-hmm. We're just, we're ramping up for that. And then we'll probably get a little 10 days, maybe seven to 10 days off. When I say we, the, the players will. And then uh, right back at it for what I think is an exciting year. You know, we, we want to make a tournament for that third time in a row. Mm-hmm. And I think we have the roster to do it. So I'm excited. You notice how he said 
we meaning the players, that means he'll be right back in the office probably the day after they <laughs> land. Um, and then, yeah, let's let, there's a couple great things to talk about. One, what do you do for yourself, you know, to sort of recharge or knowing that you're going from one event to the next, you know, you're in a gym all day watching AAU, then back and you guys got practice. Like, how do you take care of yourself? What's your go-to as a coach and person? Yeah, I think, honestly, I, I, I kind of take from the things I did when I was a player. And, you, you know, your body's tired. You, you don't want to do it the next morning, but you know you have to do it. Uh, it almost makes coaching easier. I, I got to scream, yell, give them energy, show emotion, watch tape with them. It's not as hard as playing, though. And so, <laughs> you know, just kind of keeping that in the back of your mind and saying, hey, if they're bringing energy while exhausting their bodies, I, I, I could do, I could bring more energy without exhausting my body. And so just having that mindset all the time, it's not so much, you try to decompress when you can, mm -hmm. um, but you just don't get a whole lot of time to, to start something else or to get into anything else. Mm -hmm. So it's really just a year round mindset and you honestly get lost in, this sounds kind of corny, but in the kids' dreams. And mm -hmm. that kind of gives you energy. They give you a lot of energy. They want to make it, right? This is their chance. Uh, mm -hmm. And th their routine is how they do it, right? And who's over their routine? Well, their coaches are. And so you're kind of holding on to their dreams for a little bit and you're in care of it. And so the coaches that realize that, they put energy into it every day. That's powerful, man. That's not corny. That's good stuff. <laughs> says a lot about you as, as a person. And I think too, when you look at your resume and the things that you are willing to do, you know, like not everybody's willing to like, be the academic guy with the guys and, and, yeah. you know, watch the video and do all the kind of the dirty work and the things behind the scenes. So you probably find yourself, maybe you don't, but some days like being in practice and you're like, man, like I'm in the mix, like, you know, I'm one of the guys now. And so kind of that in the back of your mind, knowing that it's taken that hard work to get there and just to keep that rolling. And I'm sure the kids, and I love that you use the words kids. Cause I think we watched we watch D1 hoops and we think, <laughs> we think they're men, right? Like yeah, they look no like doubt. it, but they're lit. And that's why I, I I mean, uh, if I had a choice, I'd take NCAA over NBA any day. It's just more pure for me. I just enjoy, I like watching them miss free throws in a clutch game and never knowing yeah. what's going to happen, you know? And I, and I think it's more pure that way. And um, sounds like they've got a good one in you and a good mentor and someone who's looking out for them, which I sure when those kids get on that plane and go to TCU and make that commitment, they know they've got good people looking out for them, which is huge, man. So props to you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And and at that age, um, they're so much more malleable. Like they want to learn, they want to experience something new, do it a different way. Uh, obviously, at the pro level, they're kind of you know they'll sure. get better at things, but they are kind of who they are at that time. So I sure, mean, it's 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 a fun time to mm -hmm. see a lot of these kids just kind of completely morph their game. And mm -hmm. like you're saying, once you're once you're completely bought in and sold uh, in, in, into what they're doing. Uh, they gravitate toward you, man. They, they want to be around you. They, they know you're in it for their dream. And uh, that's it's so much fun to be a part of those journeys with, with, with those guys. Amazing. Um, that trust and stuff. Yeah, which I mean, we'll talk about maybe maybe there's some pillars or something that TCU basketball stands for. But more about you, man. Let's, let's go back in time. Let's rewind. <laughs> a young buck running around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your life and your upbringing and why basketball sort of was something that you were drawn to as a young person. Yeah, so um, both my parents are Trinidadian. They came up in their teens um, to Toronto. And I grew up in Toronto in Scarborough, born and raised, um, and kind of grew up like any other Caribbean kid, run track, play soccer, 
athletic, just whatever everyone's doing, just do it. Like get the heck uh, out of the house. Ball, that's exactly right. And uh, I was kind of like, like we we're saying, our kids are, are nonstop. I was kind of like our, our kids as well, just kind of mm-hmm. always trying something new, always into whatever sport everyone else was trying to play. And so mm-hmm. it eventually led to soccer becoming a little serious. And then middle school time, I was growing and the other kids were getting better than me. And so I was like, all right, maybe time for a little shift. Um, and so basketball was kind of the obvious choice. And uh, my dad, he played a little bit. He coached um, at Mother Teresa, Mary Ward, other schools in, in, in Toronto. My uncle Chris, he played at uh, Jarvis back in the day. Uh, and so there's a little bit of pedigree um, with the McNeely name. And so sure. uh, I kind of carried that momentum. And uh, going to Mother Teresa at that time in Malvern uh, was honestly kind of shaped who I was because mm-hmm. pretty no holes bar there. Um, it was pretty rough. And it's kind of, there's about 40 kids that could be really good at that high school. It's not like, hey, we got six or seven players. No, there's there's guys just walking off the street that can really hoop. It's just the neighborhood was good at basketball. And so I think that competitive nature I grew up in and just came up in just just drove me. I, I, I got to be the best. Whatever it takes. It, oh, this guy jumps better. I got to dribble better. Oh, this mm-hmm. guy shoots better. I got to compete more. Um, and uh, I managed to get a few accolades in high school, um, was one of the leading scorers in the city for a while. Um, all city, um, won an officer championship, uh, played a little bit of OBA, played for the, actually started out with, with Mumba because <laughs> the Scarborough Blues cut me. Uh, and then uh, played for Scarborough Blues, won a championship uh, my last year when we were juvenile age. I don't even know if they have the ages the same, but uh, grade 12, I guess it'd be. And so won an OBA championship there. And then uh, honestly, uh, was good enough to play at a pretty high level, I think. Um, but just, I didn't know what a clearinghouse was. Didn't know how to prepare for an SAT. There was just, there's no, there was no Canadian coaches at the time to reach out to for that guidance, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I, I wouldn't say there was none. There was a handful. I remember Greg Francis, rest in peace, was, yes. was one, one, one of the guys who was recruiting me and kind of believed in me and, and gave me that push as a high school kid, yo, you're a division one guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause we didn't know at the time, right? We didn't have the Jamal Murray's and Andrew Wiggins at the time. It was, it was Jamal McGlure and Nash. And that's all yeah. you kind of went off of. And if you didn't look like them or play like them, you didn't know if you could make it right. And so uh, a lot of good coaches, Roy Rana, my brother, Jay McNeely, uh, Don Marcioni, who was at uh, John Vanier for a while. He coached me OBA. Uh, I was just, fortunate to be around a lot of really good coaches that supported me and pushed me. And then I managed to commit to um, Furman out of high school. And uh, the coach calls me like, man, this was uh, maybe around this time, maybe a little later this time uh, after my senior year. And he goes, hey, we're looking you up uh, on the clearinghouse. We we don't see you uh, registered. I'm like, come again? Uh, He's like, yeah, you got to register for the clearinghouse. You got to I send in your transcripts. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay. And, you know, it isn't take a picture on your phone and send it time. It yeah, is, yeah. you know, go to the principal office and fax it. Paperwork, and, you know, yeah. Exactly. Wait for them to receive it, all that stuff. So I ended up, it ended up being too late. I, I People don't know go. the struggle, man. They don't they, know they the don't, struggle. They don't realize it, man. It's, it, was, it was rough and you're living anxious all the time because sure. there's no, you know, there's no one before you to say, oh, just do it this way. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up, the coach said, Hey, listen, we can't take you anymore. It's just too late. You can't get into school in time. Uh, cause I never got word back from the clearinghouse. I was eligible. 
Mm. And then uh, they they basically told me September, whatever, that you're eligible, fully eligible, fully cleared. I'm like, well, no good now. Yeah. And so honestly, I was done with ball. I called some of my friends up and said, hey, you know, how, how do I start making some money? Let's, you know, let's let's do this. And uh, Ro Russell, um, who was my AAU coach, Ro Russell and Wayne Dawkins, um, both coached me AAU. And um, he called me up and goes, listen, man, just just keep at it. Keep at it, man. Just keep training. I- I'll get something for you. Don't worry. I was like, all right, all right, all right. Losing hope that whole year. I just kind of spent that year training at Centennial College with Coach Carlsa and just other places, just wherever I could start training every day, just train. And uh, Ro got me uh, a school in, in Southern Georgia, South Georgia Technical College. Uh, it was it was its third year in existence uh, and they just needed to fill a roster. Yeah. Um, and so my family drove me down and <laughs> they showed me to the room. The coach goes, Hey, listen, if you're no good, I'm sending you home tomorrow. And I chuckled and he was staring at me right in my eye. And I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I oh, see where okay. I'm at. <laughs> and so I open up my window <laughs> when I get into the room yeah. and I, I promise you as far as you could see cotton fields. Uh, <laughs> and the only white on the ground I see is snow, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm confused. My mom's going crazy. Where yeah. are we? What? What are you? We're I'm turning not this car yet. around, man. Yeah. Exactly. My baby and is not staying here. Yeah. Exactly right. And so uh, obviously I calmed her down, and uh, honestly, really took to really took to that coach. Uh, Chris Wade was his name. Uh, is his name, and uh, excellent coach. No holes bar. Tough dude. Kind of taught me what college was going to be. Prepared me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there we're. Uh, Remember the school not not in existence three years prior. Uh, that group we were top twenty five for most of the year. Uh, yeah. Missed missed going to Hutch, which is the the kind of the NCAA tournament of JUCO uh, mm-hmm. by a game. We lost to Georgia Perimeter in Atlanta, uh, and I remember I had a choice to come back or I had a couple scholarship offers from Ole Miss, New Orleans, a couple schools in California, and I remember taking a visit to New Orleans. And while I was there, Jamal McGlure was actually um, playing for the Hornets at the time. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, and uh, Jamal's uh, father and my mother grew up together in Trinidad. And so we know each other very the well. It's too funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? And so yeah. like, his dad used to come over to our place and just hang out and just like, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd always know him as Jamal's dad, you know? And, and yeah. uh, so when we're down there, he, he was my host. It wasn't one of my teammates or whatever. Like, you know, he was showing Jeez, me around. Look at this guy, man. Right? And I, I'm like, <laughs> there's no decision to make here, right? Yeah. Like my boys down here, I love New Orleans as a city. Uh, so I ended up going there. Um, unbelievable experience. Played with a player, Bo McCaleb. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was ranked one of the best players to not play in the NBA for like a few years running. Um, mm-hmm. Euro League, like just all all the, the big time accolades. And so me and him were in the backcourt at New Orleans for three years. Um, <laughs> Katrina was my junior year. That might be Damn. a podcast by itself. No doubt. Um, and then, um, yeah, I managed to be all conference uh, and, and get a couple good looks overseas. Uh, got to Germany in uh, the Pro A League, uh, played for Heidelberg for a season. And while I was over there, um, uh, Coach Coach Buzz Williams gave me a call and he said, um, hey, why don't you stop your playing career early and start coaching? Uh, and, you know, you come be a GA, get your master's at Marquette. And so I called my girlfriend, wife now, um, at the times my girlfriend, and basically... Uh, presented her the, the the options 
and smart man, smart man, right? smart, yeah. smart man. Because I, I tune in here, people tune in. This is the, <laughs> this is the important part of this. this is the meat and potatoes of the podcast. There you go, right there you go. <laughs> so um, she helped me, man. She put it in perspective. She's like, hey, listen, 10, 15 years from now, uh, do you think you're going to coach? I'm like, maybe. And yeah. she said, well, starting now probably gets you ahead better than it does playing for a long time and trying to enter that coaching pool a little later with all your peers. And I mean, thank goodness took her advice, uh, got my master's at Marquette. And uh, from there, honestly, just being a GA at Marquette and the grind you have to go through uh, in, in that program at that time yeah. uh, helped me out so much for the rest of my career. I mean, how old are you at that time? I was 23 as okay, a GA. Young buck, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a puppy. And so mm. I, I was, I was kind of, I lucked out. It was the first year head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone was brand new. So be, me being young and new was it didn't stand out, right? Sure. You know, we're all figuring it out. Yeah. And um, I got I got put to uh basically coach the three, four guys at the bottom of the bench, you know, the mm-hmm. guys that will not play. Yeah. Uh and there was actually a running joke in our staff, they'd call it uh Jamie's bunch. Um, because we had a <laughs> we had Buzz's bunch for um like the special needs kids and would we'd do little camps and stuff for them. Yeah. That was that was Jamie's bunch. And so yeah. uh, that Jamie's bunch, man. <laughs> so Chris O'Toole uh, was, ended up being an unbelievable center for Marquette. Um, Joe Fulce was a really good player there. And then the other two, uh, Junior Kadugan, who... Yes. Uh, yeah, there's, there's family and then there's Junior. That's we had Junior family. on the pod. Okay, that's yeah. like... That's a real one right there. I, you, Salute. If, if you're... If you only knew, I I guarantee you, he only gave you a, a dose of what he's had to go through. He, Did he, he were went you there for the, the Achilles story? Were you I, there for I was that? standing, I was literally standing right behind him. He looked back and said, who kicked me? He, he was looking like, oh, me in my eye. Yeah. Um, you know, I was the one running to get the trainer. Like, you yeah. know, when he's crying in the training room, I'm the one hugging him the whole time, squeezing mm-hmm. tight. No, don't worry. I know how important this is. I know what mm-hmm. you're doing this for. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I was, that, that was, um, he's a, such a special player. I'm so happy he had the career he had and he's mm-hmm. doing the thing he's doing now. Uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. My favorite Canada basketball story ever is Junior. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth player was Jimmy Butler. And so mm-hmm. Jimmy was, I mean, getting beat up Wes Matthews, Lazar Haywood, uh, first round picks, Jarrell McNeil, uh, just guys beating him up every day. And Jimmy is the most resilient dude ever. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know everyone. He's more resilient than who you're thinking of. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's the, that's the type he is, man. Um, and, and so I, I honestly, awesome. I get to learn as a young coach yeah. from a young junior Kadugan and Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Like, of course, of course, I'm gonna know what to do now. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. They're teaching me how to be a good coach when I'm 23, right? And so. Yeah. Uh, just unbelievably fortunate to, to cross paths with them. And then from there, uh, I was doing the national team, playing with the national team throughout a couple university games, uh, won a medal, which I'm unbelievably proud of. Uh, and yeah, then you guys started, got that bronze, right? Yeah, yeah, got That's the bronze dumb. in the university games. Who coached, who coached that team? Uh, that was, oh man, um, wasn't O'Rourke. Um, wasn't Crook, no. was it? No, um, uh, UBC. Just Kevin Hansen? Hansen. I think Hansen was coaching that team. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. 
Um, I might get the years. That's okay. Yeah, I might. We old man. We old. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, when I was at um, Marquette, actually, Roy Rana called me up, and I played on one of the Toronto All Star teams for him as a freshman in high school. And he was honestly one of the guys too, where freshman in high school, and I'm barely surviving at Mother Teresa in Scarborough, and he picks me out out of all these other kids, West End kids are there, downtown kids are there, like yeah. the who's who. I'm looking around like, wow, he's good, he's good. And no, Jamie, you're our starting point guard. I'm like, wow, like, okay, I, I can do this, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, Rana was one of those guys, and he gave me a call um, when I was at Marquette and go, hey, uh, there's no video coordinators at Canada Basketball. It's just the spot doesn't exist yet. Um, can you do it for us, uh, for our underage team? I was like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, let's do this. And he's like, just, I want it to be like, like Marquette's training camp. Cause he'd come down and visit and see, and like, can you like, you know, let's help kind of structure it like a high major division one deal. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And then, um, uh, word got back to Rana that he wasn't allowed to hire a video coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the spot. They were like, why? There's no, you know, just coaches, trainer at that time. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and so he had to kind of bump me up to an assistant. We're balling uh, on a different budget in these days there we, too. There yeah. we go. There yeah. we go. So yeah. It kind of worked out for me where I just, I, I skipped a step. I, I'd say on the national team where you'd come in probably doing video or as a helper, but because there wasn't a whole lot of spots, um, you know, he kind of bumped me up to the assistant in that first year. I think we had uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Trey Lyles. Um, it was, it was it, no, was Trey there? Trey might have been there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but whatever. It was it was that Cancun trip, uh, 2013, 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, right around there, I think we were starting, uh, and then kind of been doing the national team periodically every summer uh, mm-hmm. during my journey, and uh, did six years at Marquette, five at uh, Virginia Tech. Um, two is the associate head at AM and then going on year three now, TCU. So kind of been fortunate. Big East at the time was the best league in the country, bar none. I was yeah. young coaching that. ACC, I don't know if you remember the shift, Aaron, where they yeah. went, um, all the Big East teams started moving to the ACC. That yeah. became the best league. And so I was at Virginia Tech going from underneath the basement to three in a row tournaments, Sweet 16, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, all that. So kind of helped turn that around. And then um, SEC was pretty good. Wasn't the best uh, uh, conference at the time at Texas A&M. And then now the Big 12 is, it's, there's not even a close second. Um, So being at the highest level, I've just obviously lucked into that a little bit, but uh, unbelievable journey and, and experience relative to, uh, the competition and, and how tough it is at, at the highest level. If you're a basketball player out there in the lower mainland or uh, BC in general and you're looking for somewhere to play, we have a proud sponsor and that is PGC Hoops. You can find them at pgchoops.ca and the thing that makes them unique and that we're proud to sponsor them and them be a sponsor of us is it's a true non-profit basketball organization Found in the east side of Vancouver, the mission is cost-effective elite basketball for all. Find the website, take a look, register your kids, register yourself, look for the programs. And if you have any questions, reach out to me and we can contact you with the right people. This is a good program for the right reasons.
We appreciate you, PGC Basketball. Why does Buzz Williams pick up the phone? Like, what? what's the connect there? How does he know about you? Is there... Because yeah. I'm, you know, after chatting with numerous Toronto guys, it seems like it's a competitive community, but it is a community that supports each other. Like, yeah. the names that you're talking about, so many people like Jermaine, all these guys have mentioned Roe before, or Roy Rana, or, you know, just sort of people that are picking up the phone for each other and saying just, you know, and... Also, do you ever think about if he doesn't pick up the phone and you don't go down to Georgia, like what your life, have you thought about that? I, a, a lot because I, I mean, like, for those that don't know, like Scarborough is, you touched on a little bit, tough place, man. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. where I came up, it's not like n- none of my friends are going to college. None of my yeah. friends are like a lot of them have probably haven't used their social yet. Like, you know, sure, it's, yeah. it's, it's no knock on them. It's just the no, community no. we grew up in and, and that's how they're surviving, right? 100%. So, no, it, it's tough. I, I think about all the time because I wanted to play. And in my mind, like I could have figured out a way to get into NBA. And I, I know yeah. everyone thinks that, but so did I. So, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to push the envelope a little more. Um, mm-hmm. But my body, honestly, at that age was probably a little more beat up than most. Um <laughs> How, and it kind of bleeds into what you asked earlier. Um, so Buzz was my coach uh, my senior year. So after Katrina, okay, uh, our head coach left and took an assistant uh, job at NC State. And so Buzz kind of came in that senior year. And I was... And you got like team. young Buzz, hey? I got young Buzz. And wow. it was... I, I would say... <laughs> buzz I would say, Yeah. <laughs> compliance wasn't worried about the hours we spent in the gym at that time, post-Katrina and Orleans. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> so it was rough. It, it was, um, it was sure. an experience. Um, and so I, I remember him when I got back from the national team that summer. So I wasn't with the team when he got the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked me in my eye and he said, you're the worst teammate um, I've ever been around my whole career how do you leave your team the whole summer and yada, yada. And I'm like, dude, I went through Katrina for real Katrina, not like, Hey, it was a storm. No, I was gone for a week. Like no one knew where I was. Uh, I I didn't want to play ball anymore. Uh, I did the national team as like a, just to get away. We're going to Thailand or somewhere. And and yeah, (laughs) you can't just, no one knew where you were for a week. Yeah. yeah. Six, six days, seven nights. Yep. So we, like I, what, your place got blown down and you were just surviving? Coach, like yeah, Coaches left us the day before. Okay. And so the, the morning of uh, Katrina, the Katrina was going to hit that night. Um, there's no coaches on campus and everyone starts evacuating and they don't really give us direction, right? Yes, yeah, a free for all. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. Katrina didn't happen yet for them to have all these measures in, right? Yeah. And so uh, I called a team meeting as a junior and uh, we went to one of the guys' rooms and I said, hey, listen, we should just probably stick together for the guys that aren't from down here. So wherever, whatever we're doing, let's try to keep the group as big as possible because maybe we get the most help that way. If it's a team rather than two guys here, one guy here. And I'm just making it up. Point guard, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're seeing see the was, game. There was a little bit. And they were kind of looking in. at me that way yeah. too. They were like, yeah. hey, point guard, you're leading yeah. the meeting. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. boy. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we, we the initial plan was to go to the... Um, uh, what's it? Um, uh, what's it called? The Superdome. Yeah, uh, and that would have ended horribly. You're right, exactly. And Man. so uh, everyone kind of 
we were kids, but the idea sure. was the most most of the females were going to the Superdome is what we thought, right? And so that was <laughs> that was our driving factor initially. So we eventually talked ourselves out of that and we split into two groups of five to get into two cars. And we say, okay, Atlanta, our, our car, Atlanta, let's go. We start driving. Both directions of the highway are going out and it's yeah. bumper to bumper, yeah. not moving at all. Like not an inch an hour, nothing. Mm. So we're like, okay, we can't go through Katrina in the car. Impossible. Yeah. Our teammate in the back goes and quiet, super introvert, Jacob Manning goes uh, from Seattle, Tacoma. Uh, he goes, uh, my my grandmother lives in Picayune, Mississippi. And we're looking at the exit sign, Picayune, five miles. And I'm like, it's right across the bridge from New Orleans. Like We're going to Picayune, Mississippi. Uh, so we got off the road, ran out of gas two, three times. If we didn't have our university in New Orleans and we weren't 6'3", 6'10", we had a seven-footer from uh, Spain in our backseat. We wouldn't have got any gas. Um, you know, the police really helped us out down there. Uh, and so we eventually made it there. Uh, Katrina hit. And, I mean, tornadoes, houses blown on our the street we were sleeping on, like, completely slabs. Uh, and there's no driving out because there's no road. Right. Um, so everywhere you would think of a road, just picture like you're walking in the forest. It felt mm. like that minus the trees. So just twigs, trees, like just on the ground, not standing, um, anything, cars, literal houses on the street. Uh, wow. And so every day we'd walk out a little further to see if it'll get through to the highway, if they'd clear away, clear away. And every day, a little more, a little more. Uh, shout out to Picayune, Mississippi. Who, if anyone ever will listen to this podcast from there, you guys are some good people because what we did every day was just follow the smoke and we ate like kings. Um, everyone had meat to cook and no no running water, no electricity, no communication, no nothing. And so it was honestly just cookouts for as long as meat would last. And those last two days got a little rough. And then yeah. um, getting out of that eventually got up to Jackson and my girlfriend was going to Lindsay Wilson at NAI school in Kentucky. And I eventually uh, got to her um, and then got in touch with my my family, finally could call them. And obviously, mom was freaking out. And uh, just two days before Katrina, I flew in to school from Toronto to check in. And I promise you, I promise you, my mother looked me in my eyes and goes, there's a tornado coming. Uh, just try not to go to school until it passes. Let's just wait till the weekend's over. And then you go. And I'm like, mom. Mom, yeah. Come on, what are we doing? I've got to check in. I'm the starting guard. What are we talking about? You know, and obviously mom was right. I mean, <laughs> no brainer. But did, did she uh, let you know or just was, was it just unspoken? No, like, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Crying tears and thank yeah. God, you know, and so <laughs> that's uh, crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really put everything into perspective. We 100%. met percent. Uh we actually met up in Tyler, Texas, and did the first semester of our season that year out of at UT Tyler. And ironically enough, we'd play and train at Tyler Junior College. The following year, uh, freshman Jimmy Butler attends Tyler Junior College. So we just missed each other by a year at Tyler before we met up at Marquette. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Crazy, crazy. All because of like a hurricane. That's wild, man. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But like yeah. you say, though, I mean, what's in perspective what a decent meal and some running water does, you know what I mean? Like... Oh. And, and honestly, what it means to be a helping hand, because sure. 
you're never really like sometimes and I can't speak for everyone, but you get down and out. I get it. But like mm. when something like Katrina happens, you're in dire need. Right. Like yeah. it's not like, oh, man, how am I going to figure it out? It's like, no, yeah. if I don't figure it out, like what's going to happen? Like, yeah. You know, and so yeah. uh, the people down there were so generous and just I mean, people letting you in the front of lines because you're just a bunch of kids trying to figure it out. Um, I had a teammate with a one month old, Wayne Williams. His daughter was one month and he was wow. stuck on the highway outside in New Orleans in August. And it's like, dude, yeah, you're liable to drop out any minute. And he was seeing people fall left, right, center, body bags. And he said his daughter saved his life because yeah. he got to the front of every line because he had a one month old. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it, it was it. I am for sure more generous of a person and I understand what it means to be in dire need. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's kind of what you learn from that. And then people, there are good, some really good people out there, man, especially in the deep cells. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. Yeah. Then you just kind of go, man, I, I just coach basketball. I just, I'm a high school teacher. You know what I mean? Like, life's that's not it. that bad. And, you uh, know, like. Bring energy. That's what, yeah, come yeah. on. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> Say less. Yeah. Yep. So I think it's cool, man. You're just how everything's unfolded. There's so many. Thank you for sharing that story. I, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't want to let you just like roll through that. I was like, hang yeah. on. <laughs> Went off the grid for five, six yeah. days. Like what? Like that's a that's a good one to uh, to share. So like, yeah, your early experience with Buzz and just sort of like oh, you yeah. say, you talked about kind of just like everyone was young together. Like what great timing for you, you know? I mean, I think it's yeah. so funny. Like 113 episodes in is just hear so many different stories. And a lot of the stories do happen around good people. So like you obviously bring good energy, man. And you, and you, you can just sense that like people like to be around you. Right. That's mm -hmm. initially knowing you for like 40 minutes here and then like just sort of timing on things, you know, and then people yeah. make it places and it's not always has to do with skill or being the best or whatever. So many of, so much of it is just timing and it's yep. crazy how yours work like that. Um, and just like, you know, in, in your, your future wife telling you like, she, you know, she could have selfishly said, Hey, play five more years. Maybe, you know, we can bank a little bit more money and that'll help us get a mortgage and da, 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 da. She's like, nah, go grind and like go get grind. your master's, live in a yeah. residence, you Make know, nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'll come right. cuddle with you on the weekend and that's, yeah. you know, right. Like, or whatever. And, and so I don't know, you just need, like, you talked about community and needing people around you. You got people around you that are making and helping you make life choices at 23 years old is wild, man. It's yeah. crazy. And and talk about your time with Buzz. I mean, I I've always found him to be such an interesting guy. Um, I he seems like a genuine, amazing person. Um, some of the stuff I've seen him say and do. Um, but also, you know, the obviously the intensity of who he is as well. But you basically grew up with him. That's it's so cool. Yeah. yeah, we we honestly kind of, I mean, obviously he was assistant for years before I ran into him, but relative to his head coaching uh, career, we kind of did come up together a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and and he, I mean, he hated me when he first met me. Like he thought I was just dodging my teammates and just, and he, I took it as a challenge. You know, I was just like, hey, do I, do I take this challenge or do I just become the guy he's saying I am? And sure. I don't think I could have if I tried, because it's just... Like I, I enjoy nature. basketball. I enjoy my teammates. I want to have fun. You know, yeah. I want to, I want to outwork you and have fun outworking you. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the, the deal. And so um, about a month playing for buzz a month in, uh, he, he calls me into his office. It was the only meeting we had. 
And he said, he said two things to me. He said, one, I'll never sub you out of another game for the rest of the year. And I led the country in minutes played that year, like 39.8 or something uh, in uh, conference, uh, conference minutes played per game. I, I subbed out, I, I scored 40 in a game. He subbed me out with like three minutes left. And I think one game I had three fouls in the first half. And I think he subbed me. I think that was only two times. Um, but uh, wow. yeah. And, and then the second thing he said is, you'll have a job with me for the rest of your life. Um, and so played the rest of that year. Obviously, I thought the first thing he said was more important than the second thing. Of course. Uh, and then when I was overseas, uh, he had left New Orleans. Just he realized kind of how rough it was post-Katrina. And yeah. it's like he couldn't put his family through it anymore, according to him. And then he left, got to Marquette with Crean. Uh, and then he became the head coach when Crean went to Indiana. And so who's he going to call uh, to be a GA? Well, the guy that played 40 minutes for him that he trusts like with the ball and called the plays as the point guard kind of mm-hmm. made sense for him to make that call, I guess, looking back in hindsight. Um, and then just kind of coming up as a GA under him, the whole idea was you're one of the guys. You're with them. They're in the locker room. You're with them. They're in the club. You're with them. Um, you're you're training them. You're like just you're with the guys 24-7. Mm. And right. And that's the time I, I was spending with a young junior, Jimmy, all, all those other guys I was saying. Um, and just coming up uh with what Buzz does a great job of is where you're where you believe your limit is, you're gonna consistently work past that limit. Mm. And so he gets you, it 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 wears you down, it beats you up, it does. Um, but it toughens you up mentally so much that the physical part that breaks down, it, it almost doesn't matter as much because mentally you're overcoming that in mm. addition to whatever adversity is in front of you. So that year I was playing 40 minutes, my body hurts and I was cold tubbing, volunteering to cold tub, like just <laughs> after practices, after games. Um, but I was okay. Like I would run back to my dorm after practice. I'm jogging, like I'm getting extra car. Like even after I was, he had me in a space mentally where whatever it was that was tough to do, let me beat that. Let me show you how much tougher I can be, Mm. you know? And I think that's the kind of mantra he carried out throughout his career. I think he softened up a little bit as he got older, Mm -hmm. uh, probably rightfully so. And as, (laughs) as the rules kind of start to tighten up for the, the kids and the hours spent, I think he he continued to to kind of, you know, soft, not soften up, but mature a little bit. Yeah, but just today too, I mean, I mean, kids are different too and how they respond to things and, you know, the way that we were coached and coached hard, we can still coach them hard, but it's, it's different, you know? It's yeah, kinda, yeah. Yeah, you got to adjust my, my, to the times. That, yeah, I, I think you have to hug them tighter mm. to coach them harder now, right? Mm. Before you didn't have to do that. And so you just have to be a good listener now you have to be willing to to hear what the players are saying and meet them there. Not hear what they're saying to get what you you want to say out. But okay, I wanted to talk to you about this, but you're bringing up this other thing, uh, and let's stay here. And and whenever you're ready to stop talking about it, then maybe we'll get back to what I wanted to talk about. But that's kind of what I'm noticing with the players now, where it's it's like with Jimmy. Jimmy's whole thing was uh, don't don't ask me what I want to do today. Don't give me, like, don't ask me what drills. Just tell me what to do. I'm just mm-hmm. going to do it, you know? And nowadays it's, hey, carry uh, the cone with the left hand and I want to work on the floater and get my, and it's like, uh, okay, mm-hmm. l- let's work on that. You're right. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of 
go with them to eventually get them to listen. I'm screaming in your face when no one's looking and you're staring me in my eye out of respect and love and you know where it's coming from. But uh, a lot of coaches nowadays, I think they don't put in that time uh, to build that equity with, with players. And nowadays it, it crushes coaches. I think that don't do it. I agree, man. And uh, yeah, Whew. church <clears throat> on a Thursday, let's go, <laughs> let's go, man. I love it. It's so true, man. I just like, it's funny. We took our team to Maui this year. We got a younger assistant. He's a grad um, of 2012, but he loves hoops and has been helping our program for a bit. And I was like driving the van and I'm like, okay, I see the gap now, right? Like I'm like, they're connected to him more than they are me. And I'm trying my ass off, right? Like I'll listen yeah. to little baby. I'll try a little dirt. <laughs> you know, then I'll throw some nineties at him. You know what I mean? But right, like, yeah. I try, right. I try, you know, yeah. I'm like, bruh, you know, I'm trying to talk yeah, with yeah. them. I'm trying to figure it all out. No cat, the cat. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, they had yeah, to walk yeah, me through yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. On God, whatever. Yeah. Right. And then, but then I'm like, okay, this is happening. And it was good for me. It was like a moment where I'm like, Hey, you got to dive deeper. Like, you know, hug them harder. Right. Cause you know, they're, they're just not going to respond to the way I coached 10 years ago. And, and, uh, you're making so many good points, man. I love it. It's great. Yeah. No, nah, it's true. Yeah, man, for sure. When you, so like who, other than buzz, were there any kind of mentors or coaches or what, what were you like? Were you a reader? Were you a reader when you were young? Were you just kind of learning on the fly or like, you know, what, what were you like that in, in that sense? Yeah, I had, I had a, I was lucky with coaches. I had another assistant. Uh, he actually passed this past uh, year, Coach Kenny Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't have made it through with Buzz um, because mm. he, he he taught me so many lessons. And honestly, when I coach now, I try to impact guys like how Kenny Clark impacted me. Mm-hmm. And all he did was he kept it simple and he always put it in perspective. Yes, you're dying. You can't feel your leg. I saw you roll your ankle. You're exactly right. What are we going to do about it right now? Like, how, how, how are you going to come off this screen now? Are you not going to come off the screen? Are you going to sit on the bench? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. So I have to figure it out. All right. I'm just going to start rejecting screens. I can't come off like, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And he was always good at just maybe coming in a timeout and just tapping me and going, yeah, man, that's it. Just keep going. I know we're losing by 15, whatever. Don't worry. You're doing it. Just keep like. And just yeah. hearing the, the obvious over and over again and having that trust. And he listened to me and and he knew I was Caribbean background. And he'd talk to me about uh, cricket and, and soccer. And you try to talk about curry chicken and he'd get it wrong every time. But it's like, dude, I, like, I just appreciate you, man. You're trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I do think that that really helped me. Me as a player, I was for sure a cerebral player i always Mm. thought the game but i never wanted it to appear as if i was a smart player i Mm. wanted to be a tough player um and so i think that's kind of who i was as a player and that kind of carried me even i'd say even back in high school i was was kind of similar i'd outthink you but show you that i'm out toughing you Mm. um and so i honestly never read much but huge on film um Mm. Uh, if there's anything as far as basketball advice, um, film is underutilized. Get with the smartest basketball people you know, coaches and players, and mm-hmm. watch. Take your time. Watch Luke Kennard come off a down screen. Watch CP get to his spot outside the block and 
do his pivot game. Watch Jimmy's gather on his one-two as he steps into his defender and steps out to create space to pass. Like, just keep watching it because those are reps that bleed into your actual game and players don't think that. Players think they have to train through their reps. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, no, you don't always have to. And in fact, a lot of times training through your reps gets you good at doing that training. Um, but but the visual and mental reps are, man, Jimmy does it every single time. Yes, every single. And now they want to do it every single time, you know. And so uh, I think it's underutilized. I'm so happy I found it at a young age. Um, but that was for sure what I gravitated toward. And then I loved hearing coaches talk when the coaches would talk after practice. I was the player sitting down doing the dribbling drills, just hearing them talk, chiming in. Um, and so kind of figured I would maybe become a coach because of that. And cause I didn't mind hanging around them um, before and after hours, but uh, yeah, I think that's kind of who I was uh, as a player coming up. I wish I did uh, read more. I mm. got into it a little too late in my playing career, but obviously as a coach, you have no choice, right? So <laughs> he says it so happily. Right. You have no choice. <laughs> yeah. True Scarborough man in that regard. There yeah. <laughs> best part about this podcast is not everybody's had the opportunity to meet me and I haven't been able to meet you in person. But if you know me, you know I have the body of an Adonis. But I also like a cold beer. Head to Parkside, support our guys, find them in the local government stores, whatever you got to do. If you're at a pub or a bar locally, ask if they're on tap. Give them some love. Our guy Sam and the people there have been so good to us. We can't say enough. We hope to see you at Parkside. I mean, you're touching on so many good things, man. But one of the things I'm hearing, especially with that coach you had, is like, it really like, you're right. We, we make we make life complicated in many ways, right? But it's really simple, man. It's about like treating people with respect and trying to build relationships. If you can do that, good things are going to happen. I mean, and, and as goofy as that guy is talking about Caribbean food or whatever, and you're kind of like, come on, man. But it's like, he's building a bond with you without even yeah. knowing it. Right. You're like, this guy wants to know more. And one of the things I'll say right away, um, and it doesn't happen all the time. We hopped on and I actually got annoyed because you beat me to it. You started asking questions first. Oh. Right? <laughs> you did tell me about yourself. What do you do? Oh, you know, like, and I'm like, okay, this is a person who cares. Like he wants to know me. He doesn't just yeah. want to like do this podcast and be like, all right, later. Like right. he's like, who am I talking to? Who is this person? And like, I think that speaks volumes. My wife and I talk about that a ton. Is like mm. when we go out socially with friends or whatever, we always analyze the people as like, oh, I've known that person like four years. I'm not sure they've ever actually asked me a question about myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And that doesn't yeah. make them bad people. It's just kind of like, well, then it's just always going to be surface level, right? That's and you know what you're getting, you know. Whereas exactly. like instantly you knew like my son, my job, yeah. like what I do, you know. Like I was like, yeah. it's just for me that screams volumes. And I think you'd be a, like a great uh, guy to play for. Like, that's just the sense that I get, man. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. I appreciate it. And, yeah. and for sure, it's I'm for sure a relationship guy and yeah. I don't catch the wide net. Um, but, you know, mm. I, I like going on journeys with people, you know. Man. And so that's, that's kind of my thing. <laughs> You're around coaching enough. You pick up enough of the jargon, right? <laughs> I don't cast a wide net, he says. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, man. Um, this is great. Uh, why the move to TCU? Like, obviously a bigger role was the time, right? Um, you know, 
you get to, yeah. I mean, get to coach with an amazing coach, right? Um, yeah. We got, I don't know if you know the name, Andrew Mavis. He played yeah. back at the day in Northern Arizona mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. a good buddy of mine. We had him on the show. So, um, yeah. and just talk about kind of that next step. I mean, you've got these, this ladder that you're still climbing and you've got this, some, you know, some things moving on the side too, but, you know, being up on that bench and, you know, a bigger, more important role, talk about that and what that means to you and why you decided to move over to TCU or at least apply or how yeah. did that happen? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, when we went from Virginia Tech to A&M, pretty much the whole staff moved. One or two didn't, but I um, mean, we were all over there. I was the associate head there. And so my role grew from Marquette to Texas A&M almost in like perfect two-year increments where mm. it was like GA, ops guy, video, l- bottom assistant, middle assistant, top assistant, associate head, like literally every single spot. Yeah. Um, and so by the time I was at AM, um, I was the defense we were doing was a concept I came up with, cover two. Um, and so I was implementing all of our defense. About 60 to 70% of our sets, um, I was installing, drawing up, uh, coming up with um, practice planning. Because imagine, I played for him and worked for him forever. Uh, eventually, it's, hey, Jamie, do the practice plan, man. You know how this thing goes. Like, yeah, yeah. no problem. I'll get those reps. Um, so start practice planning, offense, defense, uh, scouting every opponent, just kind of doing a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it it was... The, the opportunity for growth, I'm so appreciative for. Um, you know, it's I, a lot of assistants don't get to do that. They never sure. get to draw a play up or install yeah. it or run a practice, you know. And I was at mm-hmm. the point where if coach came down, I told him, listen, you could be more like the football coach here where you're just kind of overseeing, making sure it's what you want, how you want it done. We'll do it all. Like, you know, we'll, we'll figure out how to, you know, get practice going. You come, you'll come down maybe five, ten minutes in. We're already rolling. He's ready to coach. Um, and so it got to the point a little bit to where I wasn't feeling stagnant, but Mm. it wasn't like a whole bunch of growth in front of me, right? Like it it was what I wanted to do last few years of Virginia tech. And then those, uh, that time at A&M and so COVID hit and honestly, it just kind of, it created opportunities. Um, you know, it was just, there was a lot of uncertainty going on at that time. Um, mm-hmm. Are we going to have a season? Um, are they going to cut salaries? Are they going to cut positions? Like we were going through all of that. And it kind of just got to the point where Buzz and I just kind of mutually said, you know, if if there's opportunities out there, let's, you know, pr- pursue them. Like, you know, how much longer are you going to be here? And uh, kind of when I was uh, at calling different people, just saying, hey, you know, what, what opportunities are out there? There was a few that popped up that I really liked. And I actually took the job at uh, Minnesota. Um, and it was like, it was done. Like I was part of staff meetings via Zoom and all that. And just kind of figuring out kind of that step and how it's going to look. My family moving up when I get the call and they're saying basically my work visa, uh, they won't support the type of visa I needed to be there. And it's like, uh, okay, fine. We're a little down the road already, but I get it, whatever. Uh, obviously, it worked out great because right after, uh, Tony Benford, who I had worked for at Marquette, he was the associate head at Marquette, where when I was 
roommates with uh, Dwight Bikes, who actually played for the Raptors for a couple of years. Some people might remember that name. Uh, I was his roommate, but it was Tony Benford that said, listen, this kid's from Milwaukee. Jamie, don't watch over him. You're his roommate. I was like, all right, yes, sir. And so like that, that was the associate head coach telling the GA, right? And that's kind of how we started our relationship. I kept in touch throughout the years. He was the head coach at North Texas, uh, interim head coach at LSU for the tournaments, like very accomplished uh, coach. And uh, he called me up and he said, hey, uh, one of the assistants here might be leaving. Would you want to come to TCU? And um, I like, I was in the same league as Jamie Dixon in the old Big East. Mm. They would win the league pretty handily almost every year. Yeah. Uh, and they were that team, ranked number one, tournament number one seeds. Uh, I think his numbers at seven or eight head coaches that have that he's produced as assistants underneath him. Like, wow. I, I couldn't say yes quick enough, right? Like, it's kind of like, <laughs> dude, do I want to? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, we haven't been good the last couple of years. Uh, like, you didn't even try to be cool about it. Hey, you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm in, man. I, Facts I get over the, the paperwork. I mean, uh, email it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now we can email, right? Exactly. No more principal's office, right? So, um, so yeah, I, I, I took it as fast as I can. And honestly, so grateful because um, I'm, I'm the student again. Like, you know, mm. I'm 39 and it feels like I'm 23 again. Uh, in, and the role has significantly reduced as far as like the amount of things I'm doing. Mm. But as far as what I'm doing every day and what I'm a part of, it feels like a group, man. The group is so together. And so we're just all pushing in the right direction. I'm, I was on all fours this morning, wiping up sweat on the ground because we were down a couple managers. I'm I'm diving on I have a torn Achilles. I'm diving on the ground, wiping sweat, and the guys are laughing about it. And like it's like, dude, we're all pushing. Like we want to do this. Uh, and I think it's it's the conference, honestly, pushing us because it's it's such a tough league. And and Dixon understands how to win at this level. And so we just trust what he's doing. And uh he's given us so much rain to kind of push the guys and you know, develop those relationships and, and help them out in any way we can. And he encourages it actually, and so uh, now it's it's a it's a beautiful fit. Absolutely love TCU, love the Dallas Fort Worth area. I'm I'm so happy and lucky that I'm in this spot. And uh, my wife, she's from Toronto as well. Um, we actually went to Mother Teresa together, and um, she finally's back in the city. You know, we were in mm. college, we were in Blacksburg, Virginia, yeah. and so she, so she likes the move. So I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's like eighty five percent of it. Don't even yeah, get it twisted, man. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, what's the future for you, man? Just keep grinding, doing your thing. Um, you know, I mean, it, coaching life's hard. Obviously, getting to know Scott a lot better too, right? You know, going from Maine and then you know it's all of a sudden bye bye. Like you know, it's kind yeah. of a it's a it's an interesting business to be in, right? Yeah. So. Um, What's your mental approach? Just sort of focus daily and do your thing and whatever happens, happens. Sounds like you have a very good sort of outlook. Um, also aware of, you know, being grateful of your surroundings and what you have been given and earned. Sorry, I should say earned. Um, but uh, are you a future guy or is it just sort of day to day and and see how it goes? Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, adulthood has kind of, I've jostled back and forth a little bit. Um, and I honestly know myself to be an everyday guy. Mm. Um, I'm okay if we get fired tomorrow and we're making nothing. Um, because 
coming up, that's how I figured it out. And so yeah. I'm comfortable going back there. I, I never will. Um, but if it happens, uh, I'm okay with it. And mm-hmm. so it's, do I want to become a head coach? Uh, if the opportunity's right? Yeah, okay, let's do it. Would I stay here? If the opportunity's right? Yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I think I'll find, and this probably a little bit of an ego with this, but in my mind, I build champions. Like, that's my thing. Like, that's what I want to be known for. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're with Jamie. He's going to build you up to be a champion, man. Whatever your definition of champion is, just that he's going to help you get there. And I'll do that with four-year-olds, with college guys, with NBA guys. Like, you know, that's the game I want to play more so than my title. I honestly don't care about my title. And it sounds so weird because there's so many people that want to be a division one coach, want to be a high major coach. Um, I, I love it. Love my job, but mm-hmm. I, my identity doesn't hang on my title. Like, you know, it's, that's not who I am. Um, so it's just kind of, I, I am a, like, you're saying a day to day, just, you know, what do we got tomorrow? Let's work on that. Um, I have a few things kind of brewing and cooking as far as, Hey, you know, in case the future, but sure. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm, I'm, I get, I got two or three texts from guys coming to watch film in an hour. Like I'm, that's exciting, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm into. Love it, man. I mean, it's true. Like they all, people say, right? Like no one's on their deathbed talking about, oh, I should have saved more money or, you know, like, you know, it's like, you got to live life and you got to just take it for what it is. And I think when you come from immigrant families, I mean, we're all immigrants in Canada. It's so young, right? But like, you know, and the example said early, it's like, hey, man, every day is a blessing and I'll just continue to work. And and uh, and if you give off good energy, it usually comes back well, you know, so I appreciate yeah. those words, man. Yeah, for sure. For so sure. let's do some fun questions and then uh, you can get that film ready. Sound good? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you guys film practice? Is that what they're coming to watch or what? Yeah, like, so yeah, yeah we filmed yeah. practice today. It was our first full practice in mm-hmm. preparation for this trip. And uh we don't look good. So a lot of guys are like, man, can we go watch, man? Can I see what it is? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Because we all know the film does not lie. Film does not lie. And uh, you know what? I've gotten good over the years at... Delivering the guys. It? Well, the, right. Well, the guys come in kind of hanging their head and like, oh boy, we're about to... And I'm like, no, 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 no. No matter what we're doing, this film session is going to be positive. And so... Sure. You know, try my best to do a good job with that as much as possible. Also, it's July 27th. Right? Like, no I mean, you, you, you no want to be peaking right one. now? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's probably good that you're not in good form. Like, we got That's things it. to work on, you know? That's so. Exactly right. All right, my man. Um, now, you spend most of your time in the States during the year, so I'll let you take this. But, like, if you're going to get a bag of chips, what are we getting? Oh, it's, 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 it's ketchup or all dressed. So it's all Canadian right there. I, I don't like, yeah, oh, yeah. In the States, I'll salt and vinegar because okay. I, or I'll even Amazon in some ketchup chips every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I'm will. A bunch. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, probably if I had the choice between the two, I'll probably eat ketchup, but all dress. I'm, I'm not mad at all dress. <laughs> <laughs> they think this guy's getting like film shipped in and these coaching resources is actually bags <laughs> of ketchup chips. That's exactly right. And butter tarts. <laughs> yeah. I love butter tarts. Man, I'm Canadian. I am Canadian. <laughs> Those are like you. You're yeah. You're right in my wheelhouse right here. Here we go. Okay. I love it. I love All right. It. You, you obviously we said books or movies. You said you're not a big reader. So, 
Are you, do you like movies? Yeah, I mean, yeah. huge, huge I'm, movie guy. Oh, good. You're probably getting stuck watching a combination of like Paw Patrol and yeah, exactly. some sort of crappy Netflix. But it, if you, there's some bad Netflix stuff oh for kids. Oh my God, yeah. man. Like I look at my kids sometimes. I'm like, okay, you've been watching for 35 minutes. I haven't heard one person say a word. <laughs> Like, there's no blame. Like, what are you watching? Who's good, dad? I'm like, no, this is not. No, good. it's not. <laughs> terrible. So you got an all-time movies or did you watch something recently that you liked? Mm. What, you, what you got for I, me? I, I'll give you an all-time movie and then I'll, I'll give you a book too. I mean, there's... Sure. I, I read a little more now, but... Um, sure. Probably all-time movie would be uh, Memento. Um, I just think I've spent a lot of time watching that movie. Uh, so... Just revisiting so many times, uh, I just kind of fell in love with how awkward and offbeat it is. I don't know. Have, have you seen it? Or? I haven't seen it. Okay. It's, uh, Nolan's, on it. it's Nolan's first film. I think it's really his second one, but his first okay. kind of mainstream one. Um, and if you, if you like Christopher Nolan, this is like, it's his roots. Like you, you see a young Nolan, so it's pretty cool. I'm checking it out. Yeah. And then... Um, well, from book, 2000. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a little okay. back there. Yeah. All right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give too much away, but okay. you got to be locked in from the beginning, and okay. it is okay to be confused initially. So it's don't okay. watch it with my wife because she's the worst movie watcher ever. Oh, so then just, good. Yeah, I'm just I have saying, to watch it solo. <laughs> I'll watch a Han Solo, man. I'll just yeah. say, I'm I'm on summer holidays next week, like Tuesday morning. Yeah, he's up here working. I'm gonna put it on. Yeah, and yeah, there you go. okay. It's a good okay. one. It's a good one. Good and looking then, out. Uh, and then what you got for a book? Uh, Enumeracy. Uh, I, I, I really like it. Um, it's, so Enumeracy is... Um, Enumeracy, the word, is like illiteracy, uh, but for numbers. Mm. And so the idea behind it is uh, we're all number literate, uh, illiterate. And mm. how do we become literate at numbers? Enumeracy... Uh, is the idea you're we're enumerate, I guess you'd say. Um, but, uh, I just, it, it, I'm a stats guy, love stats. I'm around it all day, every day. And this thing kind of makes stats bite-sized, um, you mm. know, and makes numbers bite-sized. And I really like his approach to big numbers, understanding big numbers and big problems mathematically. Um, if you suck at math or you hate math and you want to get good at it, Ding ding. <laughs> That's <laughs> the book. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like just even to take it even a step further, but like even in education, having kids understand, like as opposed to just outputting a calculation, like what is a mortgage? What is an interest rate? Right. If I'm How walking, does it accumulate if, over time. If I'm walking exactly. down the hall that first week of college and they got the visa stand, should I sign up for the visa? No, you probably shouldn't, right? Yeah, so, right, <laughs> yeah, right man, right. Yep. step yep. into this guy's mind. He does not sleep. Don't get it fooled. He, yeah. <laughs> he has two 45 minute naps a day, I can tell. ATO Basketball, aka ATO B Ball, located directly at the Langley Event Center in British Columbia. This place has everything you need. I swear, if you walk in and you're a hoop head, there's nothing you won't be able to find. Sale items, Jordan, Adidas, Puma, you name it. The brands are all there. Shoes, jerseys, retro, current, Vancouver Bandits. You can even get every basketball you name. Shout out to our boy Jeff at ATOB Ball for willing to be a sponsor to us. 
go check them out. Check the store, mention us, and who knows, you might find yourself lucky. Thanks to ATOB Ball. Okay, very Canadian. How do you feel about ketchup on macaroni? Not only does it is it supposed to go on macaroni, it goes on lasagna, it goes on pizza, it goes on if if it's not liquid, ketchup goes on it. That's that's oh. my approach. <laughs> I'm a saucy guy. I'm a saucy guy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I get all the looks down here. I'm like ketchup. Go, sorry, it goes on it. <laughs> I got it. Wow. Yeah, the lasagna one gets people all the time. But yeah, this man said lasagna. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never do it in front of the cooks too. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Thanks very much. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it on. Yeah, looks really, really good. Yeah, I'm just gonna drown it in ketchup. Wow, (laughs) that's right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Trying to eat less here. Trying to eat less pasta. So sure. uh, Yeah, a little less ketchup too on there, but it's going on. <laughs> Who have been some of the most important people in your life? Um, my, my mother, for sure. Um, my my older brother uh, kind of helped kind of groom me as far as basketball and some other things in life. Um, he coaches at Seneca College right now, Jay McNeely. Oh. Um, obviously, my wife. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm really, my, my circles are, are small, but just all my close family, close friends. Um, yeah, I try, I try not to put people on pedestals too much, but um, I try to keep that, that circle tight as far as important people. I love it, man. <laughs> what did you say? I don't cast my... Uh, cast very the, far? Cast the wide said? net. Yeah, there you go. Cast a wide net. There he is. <laughs> Deadly's catch. I, I watched the Deadly's catch, right? <laughs> so good. Did your bro play too? Yeah, he played. He played, he played at, at, uh, you mentioned... he played at uh, Mother Teresa. And then uh, he went to Ryerson for a year. Okay. He played at Centennial. Um, but he had, he had a pretty good career. Stopped it short to co- start coaching us at Mother Teresa. So Sounds um, familiar. Yeah, right. yeah. And he's at Seneca. Dope, man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a family ting. Yeah, actually, the year he won a national championship, his first year, the same year I was on the staff that won the world championship for our U19 team. No way. So, yeah, it was a pretty cool deal. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. All right. Dead artists can be dead or alive. It's your call. If you got a couple, you take the wifey or whoever, what concert? Best seat in the house. So you get the best everything. What do you got? Could he, could he be incarcerated? <laughs> yep. I got probably um now I'm a I'm a Are you a music guy. guy? I, huh? I, I'm a heavy music guy. Like okay. family. Yeah, I I even have some DJ equipment and kind of a little hobby. Let's hobbies. go. Let's yeah. go. So why can um, I just why can I just picture you behind that DJ like just kind of get at the family the party? Like yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm into it. I'm into yeah. it. I like okay. It. Um so I'd probably uh, Vibes Cartel is probably one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sizzla is probably two. Okay. And then if I were to go hip hop, um, I love Fonte from Lil Brother. Ah, oh, um, so and, sad that they broke up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninth Wonder is so on, good to like. Uh, oh, and I actually got a chance to meet him and we kind of no became way. friends through basketball because he's a huge basketball fan. His brother played at Brandon, hey, the one he passed away? 
Yeah, yeah, he yeah, played yeah, at Brandon, yeah. and so my Gil Chung is the coach there. He, I was my roommate in college, uh-huh. and he's like, "Do you know this DJ, like the Ninth Wonder?" He's like, "I'm <laughs> like, what?" He's like, "He messaged me. He wants to come." I'm like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" Like, yeah, he Huge loves hoops. Part. Yeah, that, he does a lot with Duke. And, yeah, yeah, it might be worth randomly reaching out to see if he'd want to do a podcast. Yeah. Like, he loves ball, man. So I bought the um, him and KD collab for a pair of shoes, the KD Thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, dedicated yeah, to his brother, and I bought those. They're nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah, wearing yeah. the school, and the kids are all like, "Okay, Mr. Mitchell." I'm like, "Exclusive, yeah, exclusive." That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fonte's nice, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then the last one I probably went to with my wife was Jill Scott. Huge Jill Scott. Oh, how was that? Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. I bet Jill, she was good. Yeah. Oh my goodness, she she puts the mic down like halfway through one of her songs. Yeah, and I think uh, I don't know what they call it now, but it's the Government Club downtown from Toronto, and yeah. she just starts wailing without the mic, and you can hear it from front to back. It was a special performance, man. Wow, chills multiple times listening to her. Wow. Yeah. So global jam, all you clowns on the bench, who gets the ox? Yeah, right. You know, yeah, it's, who- it's it's the team manager, and you should. At, like, I wish was it- I could. Because we know Nate's just straight burner boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate's like going to go to Afrobeat yeah. right yeah. away. Right That's away, right. yeah. Scott's probably going to Garth Brooks it up or something. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> he still and, tries uh, to tell he tries to tell me all the time Method Man's the GOAT. I'm like, yeah. can you just relax? He has a very like, far East Coast mentality of hip-hop. He doesn't really... He didn't get into it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was our team manager playing all the... I call it the boogity-boogity, the... the <laughs> Baby, young baby. And I was like, please, man, just give me cartel Mondays or something. Yeah. And then he'll play the one generic cartel from like 10 years ago. Like, yeah. Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. The All right, I mean, that's funny. <laughs> you and four, you and four dudes on the blacktop. So call your own, like, you know, play to 21 or 15 or whatever. Yeah. Who, who you running with? Any, any four? I mean, any you could level? go like favorite all time. You could go your favorite teammates. You could mix it up. I, I'll go, I'll go with four guys I've coached. <laughs> ah, okay. I like it. Yeah. So let's go Jimmy first. No, no, no idea why you'd pick him, but right because we're probably going to win now. <laughs> I love those stories about him at the uh, in the bubble. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, the yeah. coffee and stuff. I was like, "Yo, yeah. there's a reason they made it. They were able to sustain." And this is like again, relationships and team. Like it was like it wasn't talent. It was they were just together, man. That, those That's are exactly cool stories. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he'd be like to be in the bubble with someone. Jimmy'd mm-hmm. be the perfect one. Like yeah. that dude. He'll wear costumes. He'll play pranks. He'll like, he's all about camaraderie, man. That's his. There's a hilarious video of, um, there's a big hike here called the Stowamas Chief. It's in Squamish. And it's like, I think he's still with Minnesota, but one summer he came out and climbed it. And then like, you get to this peak and it's like, you're, you realize, because you're climbing in the trees, right? And then you get up there and you're like, Oh, I'm up here. And he's basically like lying on the rock. I guess absolutely hilarious. I was like, I, I I mess with this dude. I'm like, I think we'd have a good time, man. He seems yeah, like yeah. a funny he, dude. Yeah. He's a good time every time. Yeah. Man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so, so your be- point, J- Jimmy, too? Yeah, yeah. And okay. and I, I'm I'm struggling because there's probably a few point guards I want to put on. I'd have to put Junior on because I'd want to win and Junior's going to win. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. 
<sighs> I'll probably put Nikhil. Nikhil have to be on there. Uh, okay. Shooter, playmaker, makes sense. Um, and then we we need some bruising inside. Uh, ooh, let's go. You know what? Let's go with the young bull, uh, Emmanuel Miller, who's down with me at TC right now. You know, you don't really get tougher. He's probably after Jimmy and maybe a Jay Crowder, the toughest kid I've coached relative Damn. to Jimmy. He, he's not shying away from me. That's Just, high praise. Yeah. I'm excited for him this year, actually. So Crowder was adverti- as advertised, hey? Toughness-wise? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and one thing, uh, I won't get into too much, but uh, sure. him and Jimmy never got along uh, yeah. when they played together. Um, yeah. But they were the best teammates to one another. And of course. It was, it was so cool. It was almost like I would have to, if those two were alone in a gym, I would just hang out just in case. Like, you know, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> neither one's backing down. So it's not like he's going to jaw and not, you know, job yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want him to play ones or something. And, you know, so that yeah. would happen frequently, but ultra competitor, greatest dude ever, nicest guy ever, best teammate ever. Um, but yeah, for some reason, they're two alphas, just, you know, kind of butt heads in college, but yeah. fun to be around. <laughs> I got to say, man, <clears throat> this might be one of the better fives that we've had on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, who's scoring on you, first of all? This, like this forget about <laughs> if it's a win, if it's a windy day it doesn't matter like no exactly, like it could right? be the greatest weather ever who's scoring on you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know a, man decent group and I think there's enough role players like you know oddly enough I still think of Jimmy as like yes yeah, funny superstar and all that but no 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 I see what you're saying he's the best role player in the NBA to me and yeah. that's what makes him a superstar you know yeah. and that's why I'm hoping to get a little bit of help um if that Lillard trade or nothing went through did it. Not yet. Nothing yet, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping you get some, like, you know, I, I want to go score because that's not Jimmy's game. I know he said it in a few interviews, but it's yeah. not. His no, for sure. Yeah. Okay, man. Last question. Mm-hmm. Um, who's out there? Obviously, Scott recommended you. It's been great connecting and you sharing your story. Who's out there that's got a good story, um, but you got to help us get them on a hoops journey that would be uh, a fun person to chop it up with a little bit? Mm-hmm. Well, well, Nikhil's story is is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I I really think that's something worth kind of exploring because mm-hmm. it's very unique, and he's kind of he's went through it and came from it. So mm-hmm. he'd be one. Mm-hmm. Um, I I double down on a a, a rower Wayne Dawkins. Um, uh-huh. and and then the other one I would give you because I'm I love history, and he was he helped me out so much and has. He has his fingerprint on Canada basketball more than people think. Uh, Simeon Mars. Okay. Um, I, he he was Jamal McGlure's coach at Eastern. Um, okay. He actually went down t- with him to Kentucky, spent time in the NBA. But, oh, my goodness, knowledgeable. Like, yeah. I, every time I see him, I'm like, whatever, you, like, I'm listening. Like, whatever you're saying, I'm listening. <laughs> um, so he, he, he's someone I kind of hold in high regard in, in the basketball community for sure. Dope. Well, yeah. there you go, man. <laughs> Pressure's on you now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get it done. Right? Love it. I'm gonna stay on you too. So yeah, why not? Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. I'll reach out to him. No problem. <laughs> Good stuff. Any last thoughts or reflections, man? I mean, this was one of the I got to say one of the funner episodes. I appreciate your energy from the start, and it feels like uh, 
I want to get you out. We do a big coaching clinic here in October. It's such a bad time of year, but I'd love to have someone like you speak at, at our coaches here. Cause I think you just give off such a great energy and people would learn so much. And we wish you nothing but success this year with TCU, you know, hope your family's all settled and has a, has a good school year and your wife does well as well. And, um, you know, any last kind of thoughts before we let you go, man, and get the, the film ready for the boys. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I, I would say, with, first of all, thank you. I think the platform, I, like I said it earlier, and I, I'm doubling down, like it, it's needed um, because there are so many stories. And um, the, the one thing I'll kind of echo with that is mm-hmm. um, we have to do a better job as Canadians, kind of really studying and learning who paved our roads mm-hmm. that we're driving on because we're, we're like, we're very fortunate. We're so, like, I'm watching all these different countries going to these international events every year. I'm, I'm seeing basketball at the highest level. Um, the community in Canada, it's real, it's vibrant, it's one of the best I've ever seen or been around. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it isn't getting shared um, with the younger generation because they're worried about their Instagram highlights and how many likes they're getting. Um, just, I would implore... Uh, anyone listening, man, just push it forward with with some stories. Like, tell people about who came before them. Tell them how hard it was, just so that these kids now don't take it for granted and understand. Hey, it wasn't always uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't always like this, and it's something I try to do. Um, obviously, I, I get to blabbering um, when I start talking ball, but it's amazing. Uh, no, it's we we need we need more of it, and so mm-hmm. I, I'll do it because we need more of it. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, man, if we could get to doing that a little more, it'll improve the state of basketball in our country, which I obviously wear close to my heart. And, um, you know, because it's kind of given me the opportunity, you know, basketball in Canada has been an unbelievable journey. Um, and just studying the people before me and contributing, I never thought I'd contribute as much as I have mm-hmm. and as much as I will, but uh, it's lifelong. And so I'm, I'm glad people like yourself are, are in our community and you know, we just got to keep on sharing these stories. So I appreciate all you do for real. Thank you, man. I appreciate those kind words. It's true. It's very true. I mean, it wasn't long ago. It was basically uh, Ken Shields and uh, half the UVic team, you know, playing on the national team. And, the, you know what I mean? Like guys actually were considering not playing or, you know, like we basically had university guys and that was it. And so you're right. And then the, the power of storytelling and not everyone likes to read like me and you. I'm not the greatest reader myself, but I learned so much by listening to people's stories on podcasts and just being a good listener. And this is another way. And I and I agree, man. Um, Canada is big in terms of real estate and we're, you know, we're far apart from each other, but there's ways that we can build our community and, and help it grow. So props yeah. to you. Very well said, man. And um, yeah, this was a fun one. I really enjoyed this one, man. You're, you're, you seem like a genuinely great, human being and someone that uh, I think I'll be cheering for, man. I mean, if Gonzaga plays TCU, I might have a little something more to cheer for. Let's now, do man. it, man. Please. Yeah. And I hope we don't play him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? You keep that energy high. Maybe one year we can luck out and get you at the clinic or maybe one year you'll be with the national team and you guys will come out West and we have an opportunity to meet face to face. But in, in the meantime, keep in touch. If there's anything I can do, um, you know where to find me and I'm definitely going to hit you up. So all the Sounds best, good. man. And yeah, have a safe trip. It. Enjoy Europe and, um, you know, take those times in too. I mean, you're there to hoop, but also those are life experiences. And like no you doubt. said at the very start, for those young people, not all of them are going to go play pro and maybe never make it back to Europe in their life. So it's also an opportunity to learn and see what the world's all about. So good Absolutely. on you, man. Awesome. Thank you very much. 
you're welcome episode 113 phenomenal a great guy this is one people should go back and listen to a few times thanks to our sponsors and we'll see you on the next one